Be sure to stay tuned. We have a interview with a actual Submariner. Eric runs the sub subreddit on like Reddit. That. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of good information. A lot of we learn a lot of stuff from him. It was awesome. And that's yeah. It was great. And uh it's gonna be the longest episode ever. So enjoy. It will. Episode 15. And wait for it. Here it is. Uh, it should have been episode 571. Oh, man. We coming got, in hot. Coming in hot. We got everybody back on board. Thank God. I was missing everyone. <laughs> I've missed nobody. Mm. <laughs> wow, dude. Zach with a. Well, luckily you sent that email last week to get us our Zach facts. That was definitely you for sure. Yes. That was, real. That was 100% a Zach fact, Zach fact email. Right. <laughs> oh man if you guys didn't hear me i said that was zach fact number one that he sent me zach facts via email <laughs> for sure oh my bad it's that like was getting zach. caught in class gotta read it out loud it was zach yep. saying yes <laughs> oh my gosh all right yep so enough about we haven't even talked about anything yet. Nope. Anybody do anything <laughs> cool since we've last done an episode? I got something. I got a big something. And Alex, can uh, Alex, did you already tell him the big news? The two-time? Yeah, I told him that last week. Ah, damn it. Never mind. You can say it again, though, in case somebody missed last week's episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just remind two-time us. Two-time beer Olympic champions, Alex and Zach, along with two other guys. We did it. You've been you've been surfing those uh, those waves up in the lakes? Yeah, we heard you got the surfboard. I was very drunk, and <laughs> I gave that to my father, who put it up in his Good. store. So I saw that online. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I know exactly where that came from. But I was also asking Alex, why the hell are they trying to give away a surfboard to anyone in Ohio? It's really odd. <laughs> Dude, that guy that worked at Jaeger just went in the fucking storage room and was just like, whatever. <laughs> 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 what shit can I just give these guys? <laughs> I'll just strap this to the roof of my car or whatever. Let's right? Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's great news. Yeah, I have pretty big news as well. Jamie does have very big news. Uh, bowling yesterday, last week of the year, and I officially have MVP of the league, most valuable player. I won the most games percentage-wise of anyone in the league. I like a heat-seeking missile. I went straight for the robot absent bowler. That's the easiest person to beat in the league, and uh, racked up a few wins and got that MVP under my belt. After I had to find out who it was, though. <laughs> yeah, and this is after doing a two-time LVP, so wor- literally worst to first from the basement to the roof. I'm the MVP, and everyone else can fuck off. What were your scores, <laughs> man? Did you ever break a 140? I did. <laughs> oh, okay. Yesterday. I, was, I was bowling like shit yesterday, and I was breaking 140s, no big deal. So it's That's pretty, awesome, I'm pretty good. He kept it very interesting because he needed to win all three games, yeah. and the robot bowler only gets <laughs> like an X amount of score. I think it was like yeah. a 203. A 204. 204, and you came With in. With handicap, yeah. And you came in at like a 205 and beat him by yeah, one yeah. pin. I beat him by one <laughs> it's pin. It's like, Jamie, what are you doing? I would have just, lost. I would not have been MVP. win. But see the robot. I, I mean, this is just in preparation for our robot, uh, the uh, the revolution that happens, and I'll be ready for the uh, to being part of the uh, the uh, insurgents. Good job, Jamie. That. Hashtag bowling for life. That's right. I've I've even locked down a couple awards for bowling. Uh, lowest score. 
Lowest score, lowest series. Yep. Second highest handicap series, though. That's right. So weird. <laughs> lightest, yeah. Lightest ball. No. Oh, okay. That's Frederick. Yeah. That's our that's our buddy from Sweden. I think he has to get the ones from behind the counter. He could like overhand pitch the ball he uses. It's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as much as I do love bowling, yeah, I we also gotta, love yeah. submarines. And so we should get into this guy. This is a good hey, guy. Alex, <laughs> this is a very good guy. It's a big one. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Brain, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. Alex, what movie did we watch this week? Uh, oh, we watched a hell of a movie. It is the movie called U571. Yes, a- it is. Oh. Loved it. Who's going to do the uh, McConaughey impression? Who can do the uh, the all rights? All right, all right, all right. That's pretty good. Hey. I'm actually surprised. That's that's <laughs> that's a solid McConaughey. I was trying to do it before we recorded. I'm terrible at it. I don't even want to do it. I'm so embarrassed. Please do it. Please. It sounded like he was singing <laughs> um, Hey Ya. Yeah, I'm you not going to outcast. I will not. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, now, ladies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so tell us tell us a little about about this guy. Kyle, uh, you got some facts? All right, yeah, I do have I do have yeah, some things here. All right, this movie is from 2000. Got an IMDb score 6.6, much higher than some recent films we've watched. Yep. <laughs> and it stars some very big people. We got Matthew McConaughey. Needs no introduction. Nope. Bill Paxton, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Pour one out. Harry Keitel. Harvey Keitel. Jesus, right. Kyle. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm sitting there looking right, right at him. We're going right to right get sued by him, dude. That was obviously, terrible. Yeah, obviously best known as part of the National Treasure franchise with Nick Cage. Yeah. No? Yeah. Not Quentin Tarantino or, movies. Yeah, or if you've seen Pulp Fiction, he is yeah. the wolf. Right. And he, you have a none rock other, star, yeah, none other than John Bon Jovi, just rocking it out, singing "It's My Life." No, not yet. <laughs> oh, so this this movie hit prayer. this movie hit theaters April twenty first, two thousand. Bon Jovi's "It's My Life" came out May twenty third, two thousand. So a month and so two a month days later. later, it's probably once he got once he saw like the reaction to the movie and stuff like that he's like well, whatever guys it's my life yeah well, he, he probably had the single <laughs> out do whatever before I want. the actual album it's not like, like it fa- let's not let facts get in the way of our narrative <laughs> let's break this down for the next hour <laughs> yes bon Jovi for sure is- <laughs> all right time for a little recap him. of our u571 oh yeah he's barely in it he shows up he's the guy who kind of shows up and is like we kind of had that you were gonna get a promotion and then something. they show him working the sonar a bunch yeah um. All right. So, shall we get into it? Lead the way. We okay. shall. Okay. So, how about you? I mean, you have a note here that I didn't even remember from the very beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, the film opens up with this kind of you know text. We've seen that in a lot yeah. of movies. It's just basically spelling out that there were a bunch of German U-boats in the North Atlantic, crushing the Allied ships. Yeah. And then we jump right over to a U-boat, uh, the aforementioned U-boat. Crushing and it's, a, Yeah, it literally is an crushing ship. an Allied ship. 
uh, it blows up the ship, uh, it sinks, but then they, they kind of turn their periscope around and there's a, a, a different ship coming at them. So they go dive, crash dive and they, they dive down and they start to have um, depth charges. Depth charges. I guess, yeah, I, blanking on depth charges when it's like a, the whole movie. Basically there's a lot charges. of depth charge going on. Uh, and yeah, so they start dropping de- depth charges and they um, totally mess up the boat. And uh, they kill everyone in the engine room. Engine room bursts into flames and everyone mm-hmm. dies. And so they don't even have any mechanics left on the boat. And so their engines are screwed up and they don't have any mechanics. So they're basically floundering. But f- luckily for them, well, unluckily for the Americans, uh, they think they've blown up the ship. So they kind of leave and they yep. leave the boat to kind of sit there. So they send out a distress, basically being, we can't move at all. Yeah, because they only... Sorry, I can't remember if you just said, I mean, you literally just said that stuff, but yeah. they have engines knocked out, but they do have their batteries mm-hmm. still working, but they, you can't run far on batteries. No. So they are kind of just sitting there. I got the waves push them. Yeah. And then where do we go? Party in the USA. Yeah. So McConaughey uh, is heading to a wedding. He's um, got the shortest hair I've ever seen on him. It's almost like Phantom where like one of the people is get are getting married. And so he's in there and he's pissed. And we find out that he's pissed because he was supposed to get this promotion and his commanding officer, Bill Paxton, did not recommend him uh, for that promotion. Basically, cock blocked him and he literally the deal, literally cock blocked him because he was ready to get that dick out. And they were like, no, you're not ready to pull your dick out. Put it away. Yes. You're going to stay on your great XO, but like you just weren't ready to be in command. And it's kind of it's interesting because they a similar thing. In um, Run Silent, Run Deep, the real story of Run Silent, Run Deep, the book uh, mm-hmm. is similar. It's like nowadays you wouldn't be so young and be in like charge of a sub. But back then in the uh, World War II, it was almost expected that like when you were like 24 years old, if you were one of the guys up and coming, you would have your own sub. So it was yep. an expectation for him. And it's almost like his career is over because he didn't get that promotion. Right. In Even in the behind the scenes, they were talking with a um, former submariner from World War II. And he said that. It would be really odd to have a captain who was over 35 years old. Right. Everybody was super young. Yeah. And so um, they're at this wedding and they, you know, he's having a shit time because he's angry about this promotion, but they get Mm -hmm. an alert because the Americans have intercepted the distress call from that German submarine and have figured out that it's floundering there. And it has an Enigma machine on there, which is how the Germans. Uh, co- code their messages. And these are real things. Yeah. So they're going to, the idea is that they're going to refurbish the submarine that they're on to make it look like it's a German sub so mm-hmm. that they can sneak up on it, board it, and get that Enigma machine. Yep. Yeah. So. Because they're going to, yeah, the yeah. Trojan horse type mission. And we get a, we get a bunch of scenes of them kind of getting to the boat being like, what are the, what are the hell are they doing with this boat? They got a German guy on there. There's and- a German guy. He kind of like quizzes a German American sailor about whether he can speak German and oh boy, howdy can he, uh, he basically is fluent. And so they're basically, it's, it's like a perfect situation for them to potentially get this Enigma machine. And you yeah. also get like, some other scenes with extraneous characters. Like there's a, um, an African American, uh, I don't know what you'd even call him, crew member, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, who's kind of organizing this stuff. On, well, he was a chef. I know he was getting the eggs and stuff like that. But I think I, he was kind of a catch-all. Yeah, eventually guy. he was driving the submarine. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he kind of he seemed like he could do anything. Yeah. Um, and so uh, they eventually, you know, board the submarine and head out uh, on their way. And I thought for sure that like, this would be the whole movie, would be this one mission, like get oh, on the submarine, yeah. whatever. But they basically just like pop up and they're they're by that submarine yeah, and we they're get, like ready to board. In some <laughs> movies we've had it where it's just really dragging on them, just like yeah. cruising around. Not at all. It's just 
I was amazed. I'm like, okay, we're already at the boat. They're straight there. And they're basically saying like, okay, we're not, we're not Marines. You can't expect us. Because they have a Marine captain on board. Yeah. You can't expect us to go in and do this. And they're like, don't worry. Like, it's going to be very straightforward. Just shut your mouths. We'll take care of everything. And, you know, shoot if you get shot at, basically. Mm. And so everyone's nervous. All the sailors are nervous. But they're like, okay, we got to do this. And McConaughey has to lead the boarding party because he's the XL. Yeah. Captain and, can't Captain can't leave or whatever. Can't leave the yeah, boat. Yeah, can't leave the boat. Yeah. Which I guess works out for McConaughey. But, um, <laughs> yeah. In the end, it works out okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they start going over. They get in this little dinghy and they're yeah. moving across it's the water. It's a crazy storm. It's yep. yeah, dark out and it's rainy out. And they have the one translator who's supposed to kind of call out and speak German because the Germans are like, hey, you're here. But they're all speaking in German. Yeah, and he's like an intelligence officer. So he, and he freezes up. Yeah, he can't do anything. Yeah. So and they, then the little farm boy who speaks German who didn't want other people to know that he's German because they'd hate him for it, has to finally interview when they're getting real close. Yeah. He's like, hey, we're the engineer guys. Yeah, perfect German accent. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he uh, then then the other guy unfreezes and he almost like goes over the top with it. He's like, aha, uh-huh, like we got letters and it's they're in French perfume and blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, weird. Like, what a yeah. weirdo. Like, and everyone's like, oh, we liked it better when you weren't talking. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they, they get on the, but like as they're about to get on the boat and kind of like get the ruse going, uh, the Germans see a, one of the guys have, has a gun. Like you see the gun underneath the guy's coat. And, and so they like, start shooting a little bit of a shootout. They're like, crisscross. Yeah, crisscross. And they, they end up shooting their way into the submarine and this they eventually be kill. really hardcore because you think about it, all the Germans are either killed on deck or they get down below. And then there's only one way into the sub. Yeah. I'm amazed that they can even infiltrate, but they do use... My favorite weapon in any type of multiplayer video game, a smoke grenade. Got to. Got up. And so they get down there and they're shooting and they're killing people. And there's all kinds of like close quarters, like action. Like McConaughey almost gets killed because uh, he like opens a curtain and someone's sitting there with a gun. He's like, I got a gun. Yeah. And they shoot him and he just misses. And then McConaughey shoots him in the face. There's like, no oh, way that okay. guy should have missed. It's like well, from me to you. It's like the Greedo Han Solo situation, right? Like, right. Really, the question is who shot first. Uh, and uh, I think in the in the new version of U five seven one, they made McConaughey shoot first. I think they computer graphics that in. Yeah. Oh, so uh, I need to I need to backtrack just a little bit to yeah. right before they boarded. I don't know if anybody else caught this, but when the German guys were yelling out to them coming up in the boats, they're like, "Hey, did you guys bring us some fresh bananas?" Oh yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. Like, Whoa! You did not just say yeah. that. That is bad luck. You better knock on wood. Yeah. Fortunately, you don't have bad any luck for them. It's a submarine. And then they pull out their guns. And uh, and then they get to the back of the boat and they find um, all of the rest of the crew members kind of huddling back there. So they get a bunch of prisoners and they start to trans- transport them back to the uh, uh, to the American sub. And in the meantime, like all of like McConaughey and his crew and the marine guy and they're taking photos and they're picking up um, the Enigma machine and stuff like that. And they... End up and, getting up top, and they and somebody arms a bomb. Which oh yeah, yeah. I think this is a little little premature because there's tons of people on the boat. And <laughs> right. like, I'm just gonna arm the bomb. Come on, let's all go. Yeah. You're like what? Yeah, tank the uh, the mechanic. I think his name was Tank, and um, he arms the thing, and and they start to head over to the submarine, or or a bunch of them are, and uh, the captain is sitting there, and it's kind of like come on over here, like waving at him, and then looks over, and there's a torpedo coming towards his submarine, and like oh shit, and then. Bang! Boom! The entire thing explodes, and uh, Bill Paxton is thrown into the water, 
and is kind of sitting there. Uh, not looking good. Not looking so hot. And uh, a bunch of people aren't looking so hot. Like someone gets a, a piece of the submarine smack in the face. He gets killed. And they're all running and they need to crash. Die. They need to dive the boat. And Bill Paxton's kind of yelling at him like submerge, submerge, submerge. Like leave me. It's like you have to like. You dive the boat. McConaughey's got a little twinkle in his eye because he's like, oh, earlier you said I wasn't ready to that's be a captain. That's weird. But um, now who's the captain? Yeah, let's actually uh, hash this out real quick. I thought you said I couldn't be a captain. And he's like, no, and I now think you can be a captain. Submerge the boat. It's like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. You want me to pull you in? Like, you're really close. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't like I told life. you I didn't think you could be a captain. I'd rather die. And you're like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and So when they start diving, they... Uh, well, first they have to they have to figure out how the heck to sail this thing, right? Because it's, it's all in German. So the German, the people who know German, are like running around the boat, telling them exactly what everything means, mm-hmm. and uh, they're able to kind of get things going. But another aspect of it is first the engines all shot, so they're operating totally on battery. The second thing is they need to launch a torpedo, but the torpedo tubes are all in German. They don't really know what to do with them and the one's damaged. and one's totally yeah one's totally fucked so and now they're also being engaged by that other submarine yeah the submarine that sunk the american submarine is coming after them so there's a bunch of, of of you know they're evading torpedoes they're shooting torpedo they're able to get the german uh translator to tell them how to launch torpedoes they launch some torpedoes and everything's kind of missing and in the end they do like their one last shot this last torpedo other than the one that's broken uh they launch off and they're like okay i guess we're i guess we're dead mm-hmm. we're gonna die now and they end up getting the other submarine and so i mean they just light it up i mean direct hit straight up Uh, that german sub couldn't hit him for anything there was Mm -hmm. even a part where like the little the prop on the torpedo scraped against the side of the sub oh yeah yeah like banged against it Mm -hmm. didn't get him nope and during but right before they dove they also took in who they thought oh yeah yeah, electrician this part they took in a german one of the german prisoners they didn't know who was was the captain yeah, apparently, boat. apparently there was a cutscene where McConaughey realizes he's the captain, but it's not in the movie. That would have made more sense. Yeah, like they it, see it, it didn't. You didn't really need him to be. Remember the captain, that scene where McConaughey anybody. was sitting there, kind of sulking, and he's looking at all the pictures. Yeah, like the idea. The idea was he sees the guy in the picture as the oh, captain. Oh, that would make a lot more sense. Yeah, that scene would have made sense rather than just being an extra scene uh, of him looking at pictures for some reason. Yeah. Um, and so they're able to to destroy the submarine, but they need some time to fix the um. Uh, fix the engines because the batteries are basically mm-hmm. run out at that point. And in the end, uh, even after they get it up and running, the idea is like, okay, it, it's too far to go back to America. The quickest thing to do is to go back, uh, go straight to England, to the to the furthest reaches of England, uh, Cornwall. But before this, McConaughey kind of waffles on what he does. He because oh, everybody's yeah. everybody's like, well, what what would the captain do? And McConaughey's now the captain. He's, He's like, like, I don't I know. Don't know. Yeah. And Chief, who somebody say his name, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, not Harry Keitel. No. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. He's like, you cannot ever say you don't know, even if you don't know, you know. Yeah. And so as they kind of chug their way, they're going real slow. They're chugging their way uh, towards the England. Uh, they see a, a a plane kind of go by. Yeah, and and one like, guy who was. Kind of questioning McConaughey in the beginning. Yeah, he's like, shoot that plane yeah. down. He's basically he he 
pulls his dick out real quick and is like, quickly, quickly, shoot that plane. He's like, what is your dick doing out? Like, yeah. you're like a nobody. Like, put that dick away. Like, and everyone's like, I don't want to see that. I only want to see McConaughey's dick. What is happening right now? Mm-hmm. And McConaughey's like, do not shoot that plane. Like, we can still get out of this. All, all they think is we're a German sub. They know a German sub is out here that needs uh, rescue, uh, rescuing. Like, it'll fly away. And if we're gone... It'll just assume that we sunk because we were a damaged sub. Like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Like, do not shoot it. And in the end, they don't. They, they don't. Let McConaughey kind of punches that dude right yeah. in the face. But, I mean, an issue for them comes up almost immediately when – is this – so almost immediately, is it the German escaping or is it the uh, – Yeah, the Nazi captain, so like, goes all totally Bruce Lee on the guy in the engine room and just kicks him right in the throat, takes him down. Yeah. So the guy who's, like, basically being a, an asshole to the captain runs back there and is a hero and uh, – Kills the guy, even though he gets shot like a whole bunch of times. Oh no, yeah, doesn't he, kill him. The guy he he he, he gets uh, shot he, twice, but he, he also subdu- shoots, he subdues the guy. Yeah, he yeah. also shoots him in the chest yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, somehow that doesn't really seem to affect the Nazi. No, uh, I think it's because he. I I think there was probably a cut scene where it was revealed he was uh, half robot, half man. Oh, and they shot the robot side. Yes, so, <laughs> it's only oil coming out. That's what you see yeah. on the show. But anyway, so that plane flew back to the destroyer yeah. that it was scouting for, and now the boat is right on top of them. And here we get some pretty incredible action. Uh, for sure, because they're sitting there and they're, they're trying to board. Like the Germans come over and they're like, oh, hi, ha, 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 vive la France. <laughs> and uh, they try to they try to board. They're kind of like joshing around. They're like, this is weird. Why aren't you like helping us out to this boat? Yeah, give us the rope. Yeah, come on, throw us the rope. Hey, hey, throw us the rope. And uh they're like, all of a sudden, they turn around and then they start shooting at them with <laughs> gun and stuff. Like, oh shit! And yeah. then like, they're like, oh, basically, we can we can avoid being found out if we just shoot their radio tower, radio tower with like a missile and <laughs> or whatever giant gun. Yeah, he's like, you got one shot. Yeah, do it. And so they do. And I even I was I was like sitting there like. I wouldn't. I don't think that would work. Like, wouldn't eventually someone be able to report that they had? been attacked by a German submarine and maybe an Enigma machine had been compromised. Like, I, I feel like they would err on the side of caution at this point that maybe, a, maybe. A, an Enigma machine had been compromised when this boat seemingly under German control is like attacking a whole bunch of people. I don't know. Yeah, you. Th- it, it was kind of odd, but it worked for the movie. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, now all the now all the Nazis are running around on the boat and they're just using like small arms to shoot at the sub and that's not going to do anything from the distance they're at. But then they start turning the big cannons around, <laughs> and this becomes a bit of an issue, and the sub has to go deep. So they dive, they run silent, and they run deep, and they run real deep, and this becomes the portion of the movie um, generally referred to as the depth charge portion of the movie, <laughs> uh, where we spend uh, most, of, most of the next like 30 minutes with the camera rocking around as people are just thrown around uh, a submarine. Oh, yeah. Because goddamn does that submarine get... Totally fucked up. And I don't even know how it's able to even float. There are times where I feel like they were like, if we get another death charge, we're totally going to sink. And then they got another death charge. They're like, oh, damn. Like, <laughs> wow, this thing's actually really solidly yeah, built. Wow. These U-boats. You could learn something from German engineering. I need to get myself a Volkswagen. Yeah. Um, but the, something that was also pretty awesome here, I don't think we've seen this in many of the other movies, is when the depth charges were going off, they had some fantastic explosions coming out of the ocean. Like, oh yeah, huge geysers shooting out. It was probably yeah, it was the first time we got to see the above view of what the depth charge was. Doing. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, they they're kind of they're, the entire plan is similar to Run Silent, Run Deep, which is like eject uh debris and pretend like 
All right, was that Run Silent Run Deep? Or it was also another movie, right? This is going to have to be in the trivia episode where we figure out I where all this stuff After happens. all these movies, I'm mixing in my mind. But there was, there was a thing where they put like a body into a tube and a bunch of garbage and stuff, and they shoot it out of the... So it looks like they sunk. And it looks like they sunk. So that's like, kind of the plan is like, okay, we're going to eject this stuff up onto the ocean. They're going to think we sunk. In the meantime, they're, they're going to go to that spot. In the meantime, we're going to like rise like a rocket from ridiculous depths mm-hmm. and get, get up to the surface like perfectly distance from them and shoot them with the torpedo and everyone's like perfect plan and somebody but somebody's like wait you're gonna try to take down a destroyer with only one fish in the tube oh yeah perfect yeah we got our fish check mark right there now the the problem with this plan is there are multiple uh issues first they have to have the destroyer catch the bait kind of like they shoot this stuff out and it's never really particularly clear that the destroyer actually thinks that they we're destroyed <laughs> because it like rises to the surface and like they're taking the bait, but then they continue to be depth charged and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it was very strange. At one point I was like, oh, they must have not fallen for it. But then it seemed like it worked fine. So that was one thing. Well, the Nazi captain also comes back. Oh, yeah. And starts he starts banging, starts shit. banging yeah, yeah. or banging Morse code on the wall. That's not helping. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm in this. I'm in U571. Blow it up. And then another thing is they, in order to do this maneuver and to get out from under the depth charges so they can survive, they have to dive to like, how far was it? Like, He said 200 meters. They're was it 200 on, meters? They're going very far down. Yeah. It's like for, 656 feet. Yeah. For that, for that boat, for the, for the U-boat, it's like ridiculously deep and everything is going fucking crazy. It I is. I mean, like at, at some point it's almost like it's working. We're underneath the depth charges. And then like- Things just start exploding. Yeah, <laughs> and they have to do a uh, a crash surface. They basically have to r- blow the ballast and try try their best to rise. And they're able to reverse uh, reverse the curse and <laughs> move backwards and, and get to the surface. And everything had to kind of work perfectly in this whole scenario, even though like a million emergencies happened while they were doing this very intricate plan. Mm-hmm. And yet, when they get to the surface, there's the boat. And they have oh, and as they're as they're surfacing, also they're trying to get that uh, the the torpedo tube on because there's, there's a, a leak, so they yeah, can't. There's they a can't leak in the it. airline, and yeah, this is where McConaughey has to ask one of his buds. Yeah, this to is like go the true captain this thing, thing, and it's like a hostile. He's probably going to die. Yeah, it's like a hostile waters thing where it's like yeah. you don't want to send one of your sailors off to to his death, but like being the captain, it's a tough choice you have to make, and right. so it's like you have to go down there, and he he tries to go down the the kid goes in there and tries to stop the leak but he can't reach it and he comes up like i can't reach it and it's like you have to reach it and so when everything explodes he gets kind of trapped down there but in his last like dying breath he like closes the leak and is able to um kind of close everything off yeah and uh they're able to have the torpedo ready to go the boats coming at them is going to totally fuck them up but they're able to shoot off their torpedo and sink the boat in a fantastic explosion. Giant explosion. It's almost like like these things are carrying gasoline. I guess they are because they're boats filled with gasoline. But uh, uh, but it's, it's like it's like they hit exactly on the gasoline because it really did. One torpedo on this thing was was toast. I guess that might be true. It is a torpedo. Yeah. This was... is where our inexperience is really showing because I don't. I'm not like a torpedo expert. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, they sink it and um. Oh. Ooh, here we go. They're um. Their boat is basically totally screwed up. Yep. So they're just like, well, let's scuttle it. This thing's going to sink. Get out the little dinghy raft. 
And let's row off into the sunset with the Enigma machine. With the Enigma machine. And McConaughey's like, I'm still captain of this boat. Can't you tell? <laughs> this tiny dinghy. And he just looks down and goes, can't you tell? And everyone's like, oh, man, we're on this little boat. Why you got to do that? And then uh, it finishes with a li- some more text basically saying none of this was true. I mean, right, that's basically yeah. what it says. Yeah, it basically like, says, like, no, the Americans didn't actually capture Enigma machine. Like, it was, it was the, UK. the UK who did it. And that, like, the U.S. really didn't even capture a U-boat until, like, 1944. So, like, everything you watched is a pile of shit. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I it was kind of odd that they, I mean, I guess they got to make it some somewhat kind of true. Well, you'll see from the trivia why that happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, so, so there let's we get go. Into, let's get into some ratings here. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. Zach, it's been a while since you've done a rating, so I don't want to start off with you right away. You got to get a shake off that rust. Thanks, yeah. guys. I appreciate yeah. you fucking I'll idiots. let you go third. <laughs> <laughs> You're so kind. Um, Brom, what, what do you think about this movie? All right, all right, all right. Oh, oh good. Is, is Matthew better, here? Huh? Come on. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Right? Okay, now, ladies. Close. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see y'all on your bad. Wait, wait, stop, behavior. stop, stop! We're gonna have to pay for this. If you keep saying it anymore, we're paying for this. My bad. <laughs> uh, ratings wise, uh, as you alluded to in the closing moments of the recap, uh, none of this was true, which I was kind of bummed out to hear. Um, if this was a true story, or even based on a true story, it was very loosely based on a true story, I guess you could say, but. Uh, the Americans were never involved in uh, any of these missions, I guess, to reclaim the Enigma machines from the, the U-boats. Um, so finding out that it was all fiction was kind of a letdown. But as a film, it had all the suspense. It had the the action. Um, and this was definitely one of the better uh, submarine films we've seen to this point. And I'm going to give it a seven-incher. Very nice. Ooh, nice. All right, Alex, how about you? I liked it a lot. I'm going to give it like a 9 out of 12. Wow. Uh, I, for one, don't care about the historical accuracy of this. It's a Hollywood movie. Who cares? <laughs> it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me at all. I was going through reading a lot of these reviews on IMDb, and everybody, like, they were apologizing to Britain because we stole something away from them. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, it's. I they stole our money, taxation that. without representation. Yeah, right. Exactly. There we go. Yeah, exactly. This is us so, getting them back finally. Yeah, to all our UK listeners, fuck you. It's like your brother. Uh, yeah, it's most of my brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the story was okay. I didn't mind it. Um, uh, it didn't really seem like there were too many major like plot holes or something that didn't really make sense. It was pretty straightforward. They're going to another boat. Shit hits the fan, and they steal that same boat that they were trying to trying to scuttle so uh i liked it <laughs> um, i like alex's recap yeah. <laughs> that Two was actually that was much better than our recap yeah. yeah uh the uh the one thing that i would have liked to see was maybe just a little bit more bill paxton just because i like him in general mm, but I agree. other than that i really liked it um fighting scenes were awesome i, I was literally on the edge of my seat for like 30 minutes like when they took their little dinghy minutes. over to the boat. Yeah, like that whole sequence right there where they're trying to go over to the boat again in the gunfight and then they are immediately in a fight with another submarine. Like that was all really tense for like 30 minutes straight and I liked it. So, yep, that's my rating. 9 out of 12. Awesome. And he won't apologize for it. Okay. Good. 
You should not. <laughs> Zach, agree. we're on to you. Dude, I'm God, this is gonna sound a lot like Alex. But I loved Thanks. this movie. This was great. This was a great sub movie. It said every it said so much stuff that we've already had, but just better because the actors were better. And this I just I don't give a shit about the historical context either. I don't care about true stories. I I, I like Matthew McConaughey. Um I'm gonna give it what did Alex give it? A nine nine and a half? A nine. I'm nine, gonna give it a nine. ten. Oh, he had a ten. Because it wasn't that long either. It was like that's under true. two hours, and that's under two hours. Perfect for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, that way you can you can put it up to three x speed, and you can get a. Sh- yeah, you know, in like I, forty minutes. I put it on at work, and I finished it, and I I'm say, like, you know, this is great. The, you're on the toilet at work, finishing <laughs> that movie, no problem. It was good. I, I liked. Uh, I mean, literally, I'm going to sit here and repeat Alex. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to repeat Alex. I liked it. It was good, and just a ten incher. You know, there all right, go. solid. Jamie, how about you? I'm going to bring this one back down to earth. This is a little bit of a, um, but you know, I enjoyed the movie. It's very, very well made, like very well made film. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a very Hollywoodized film. I'm going to give a seven, seven point five. Okay, seven point five. Um, I just felt like uh, a lot of the situations were a little bit ridiculous, particularly when they. Uh, saw the plane and the German destroyer and uh, basically were like, we have to shoot that radio tower. Then everything's going to be fine. And I was like, that doesn't even, that, that plan doesn't make sense. Like what's going on? There's like a million people on that boat. Like what's, going, <laughs> what's happening right now? Like yeah. you're not going to keep the secret at all. Like that plane could easily go and radio to someone or fly somewhere or whatever. Like there's just a bunch of stuff like that where I felt like it was, it was really stretching a little bit of, uh, that Hollywood um, suspension of disbelief that you have to have. Whereas something like Crimson Tide, which is also by all accounts totally unbelievable, mm-hmm. is isolated enough and not outside of the sub world that you can kind of suspend that disbelief and be like, okay, this happened on this sub, even though it's totally ridiculous. Right. Nothing like this would happen or whatever. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of coincidences and stuff like that in that movie. But, you know, I just, I was kind of, I kind of laughed a little bit a couple times. And that hurt hurt its score for me. Because you laughed? Because I laughed at unintentional comedy. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then for me, I'm going to be about the same page with you on this, Jamie. I'm, I'm going to go with 7.5. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, it, we got straight into the action, which I liked. That's tr- yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool. I might even up my rating. I think I, it, I think, we'll think it's, this it. could be another one like K nineteen where we're like underestimating a little bit because of the expectation of what we were we wanted out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think this made me appreciate K nineteen a little bit more. So maybe another film in the future will make me appreciate this more because this makes me look at K nineteen and be like, they really tried to say something true, yeah. like to to what happened and what it was. And even though it maybe wasn't always the most exciting or most suspenseful, it was they didn't kind of fall down that rabbit hole of like making it totally ridiculous a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Somehow that just convinced me. I'm going to bump mine to an eight. There we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See, they, they <laughs> nice, convinced me Kyle. too. Cause the thing yeah. is, is like, I, I do love the sub action and stuff like that. Yeah. The sub action is good. The, it's the great. Firefights that they get into with the it's Nazis yeah, immediately yeah. taking on, like Alex said, the tension when they're going over there in the dinghies, yeah. that was crazy. And then the boat explode. I didn't even, I didn't even think the movie was going to turn out this way. Yeah, as it, yeah, as it, as they were describing their scores, I was like, you know what, I actually like this better than I thought I did. I think because <laughs> I mean, when they, Inter- when they got the enigma, sh- yeah. when they got the enigma machine, I thought, okay, 
Like, they're just going to get in their boat, maybe head back to base. There's going to be some kind of, like, other thing attacking them most of the way back. I didn't expect to see that whole thing just blow up immediately. Yeah, and then, oh, hey, we got to take this thing. We don't even know how to work. Uh, it's going to be a little rough. Cool movie, though. Yeah. Pretty good. I mean, our scores are a little all over the place, but. Brown with the lowest. I know. I think it's because he had to go first. Kick that guy off the fucking <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I don't even know who Brom is, to tell you the truth. I thought Sorry. I knew who he was. I don't Sorry, even know who you are anymore. I'll go back to the I'll go back to the old intro and just remove him. Yeah, good. <laughs> it's like Gilligan's Island, just and the rest. <laughs> and the rest. All right. Okay, before we move on from this movie, I got to get some trivia going. Um, so uh, History Channel did a review of this movie, as I think they do with a lot of like war movies that come out. Uh, and it aired soon after its relief. It included a German World War II U-boat commander as part of the uh, review, which seems crazy. Like an right, actual, I, like an actual Nazi. Or no, I where guess was it, he living? Yeah, it would have been an actual Nazi. I don't know. <laughs> You'd think he would have not be in jail somewhere or something. Uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, if he's in another nation, they might yeah. look. So at the end of the show, he was asked the opinion of the authenticity of the movie. His response was, they got one thing right. There were U-boats in the North Atlantic. (laughs) And in a 2006 interview, um, BBC Radio 4's uh, uh, film program, the co-writer David Ayer said he didn't feel good about portraying uh, it, that, that it was just the Americans that captured the Enigma machine. And he was actually of British. Uh, his, his grandparents served with the British during World War II. Wait, the co-writer? The co-writer of the movie. And then he wrote his grandparents out of it. Yeah, exactly. That's what he's saying. He's like, my grandparents wouldn't have been particularly happy about the fact that they, I downplayed their like role in the war or whatever. Well, we all make compromises for paychecks. Yeah. So in reality, the submarine U-571 was never captured. Uh, submarines U-559 and U-110 were captured uh, with the code books, but that was by the British Navy um, b- four months before the U.S. even entered the war. Uh, U-570, however, uh, was actually was captured in late 1941 by Britain near Iceland. And deployed as the HMS Graf until early 1944, uh, used to fool German ships and submarines and then destroy them by surprise. So, and all the text added at the end of the film were added because of angry responses the film got due to those inaccuracies. Hmm. So that was after, um, I guess, some viewings. Probably they wanted to show it off to people who knew submarines and they were right. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> they had to add that. Uh, okay. We would have been livid if we were doing this podcast at the time. That's true. We would have been rip shit. We were like, are you kidding me? Yeah. First of all, U571 was never captured. I'm walking <laughs> out of this movie. Um, the only submarine. Where's Ed actually- Harris, damn it? <laughs> <laughs> I know Ed Harris captured a U boat for real. Uh, the only submarine the US actually captured was U505, uh, and it's on uh, exhibit in Chicago at the Museum of Science and Industry. No way. It's the only German submarine in the United States and now a national memorial for American soldiers. Uh, co-writer and director Jonathan Mosta was inspired to do the film after touring the World War II submarine USS Pompanino. Now, does that ring a bell for anyone, USS Pompanino? Uh, I think it should, Alex. He doesn't know it. <laughs> Kyle, what I is it? I hear clicking at a keyboard. That's, uh, that wasn't me typing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the boat that you took a tour of, Alex. Yeah. No, it's, no, it's not. Is it not? San Francisco, California. It's on display in San Francisco, California, and it was a submarine that was used in down periscope. So it it... 
That it, is not the that is not the oh, thing right. I went a different on. one. Shoot, that's right. Well, anyways, I thought you would recognize that. You look in your eye made me think that you knew that was the yeah, Periscope boat. Well, I also watched the behind the scenes thing, so I thought you were going something there. Nope. It was uh, a, it, the tour only cost two dollars. Great. Uh <laughs> guys, while we're on this topic, I wanted to share, I forgot about it. Um I actually got to do uh for work, I got to do signage for a battleship, uh USS North Carolina. Are, is this a battleship podcast? I'm confused. <laughs> All right, fuck me, guys. Go on. <laughs> ben, I liked it. I liked it, Ben. <laughs> but uh, we got to, uh, I got to design it and we fabricated it. It was actually a quick turnaround. They needed some uh, signage in place to uh, honor the veterans. Uh, I guess oh, they just did some like renovations on it. And uh, so I got some signs on a battleship now down in North Carolina. Dude, that's that's awesome. Are you going to go there, get a photo with the signs you made? Do it. Uh, no, if I'm in the to. area, I definitely would stop by. I mean, and then stop by a submarine, maybe too. Yeah, my, I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, so the movie rep- represents one of the few World War II submarine movies that has won an Academy Award. Uh, so it was just one Oscar for special effects. So the movie, oh sorry, or maybe sound editing. I can't remember which one. Think it was sound uh, editing. I remember <laughs> reading. Wait, that. those are yeah, two different things. Yeah, but uh, you know I'm saying that all, all the movies that are have won uh, Oscars for submarine that are submarine movies have all won it for special effects or sound editing, and that's Crash Dive from 1943, The Enemy Below in 1957, Torpedo Run 1958, and then U571 in 2000, uh, and then The Hunt for Red October in 1990, which is not a World War II submarine movie, also won an Oscar, uh, but for uh, yeah, also won one of those Oscars, and then um, a partially submarine movie, 49th Parallel from 1941, won actually Best Original Story, so a screenplay award. Really? Yep. And then my last trivia. It's a lot of trivia for this one. Uh, Edward Norton was set for the part in the film before bailing. Uh, because he had the opportunity to make his de- directorial debut with Keeping the Faith. And then Michael Douglas, Kirk Douglas' son, yes, uh, was the original choice for the lead. Matthew McConaughey stepped in in the lead role when Michael Douglas left the production in order to make Wonder Boys, a 2000 film Wonder Boys. Michael Douglas would have been way too old. Yeah, yeah. probably. It would have been real weird. Uh, he was actually in a submarine movie called The In-Laws, where it's a like a rom-com-y type movie, but rom-com like an entire... Uh, plot is that the person's in-laws are secretly trying to buy a submarine or something. This sounds like my future kids' right suitors' yes. problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to do a little alternate casting. So I'm going to use some of the cast from those two movies, Keeping the Faith and uh, Wonder Boys. So which role do you think Ben Stiller would have been good in? God Ooh, damn it. Ben Stiller. <laughs> uh, Stepping on a Zach Fax. I can't Step believe you just Zach said Fax. Ben Stiller. Step on that, all of those Zach Fax. That blows me away. <laughs> <laughs> so, all there guys, who do you think Ben Stiller would have been good at? Uh, the guy that has to shut off the air <laughs> pipes that dies. Ooh. <laughs> I would have been cracking up. He would have been making some kind of face, like in Zoolander, you know, when he's underwater. He's he would have been, <laughs> been a good German captain, too, I think. Freaking blue steel <laughs> underwater. <laughs> <laughs> and then he dies. Yeah. Like, huh. What about uh, Robert Downey Jr. from Wonder Boys? Ooh, man. Okay. He could be the XO. Yeah. You take McConaughey's spot? Yep. I think that's that's the natural position for him because of the the charisma. Yeah. Just oozing charisma. For RDJ? Uh, For sure. Um, But he's also Iron Man in this version of it, too. Anyways. Oh, perfect. Uh, What about Tobey Maguire? 
Toby <laughs> okay, I, I take back my first answer. Yeah, this uh, is the, he's the guy who tries to shut off the, the water, right? Yeah, 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 he's he's trying yeah. to shut the leak off. He's like Rabbit or whatever the guy's name was. Rabbit, get over here. It's Toby Maguire, like same person basically. And I then who do you put Ben Stiller as? Uh, the mechanic. Yeah, the American mechanic, mechanic. mechanic is a possibility. Mm-hmm. He could also have been like the marine or the uh, translator or something like that. Oh yeah. Okay. Like the translator would have been kind of funny one. Uh, what about Katie Holmes from Wonder Boys? Katie Holmes. The... Tough choice. Who do you put? What are you? Nazi. Uh... Nazi captain. Good idea. <laughs> Uh, and then, last but not least, certainly not least, what about Ed Harris? I would oh, make Ed God. Harris Bill Paxton. Ha- Harvey really? Keitel. No, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think it's hard. The only thing with Harvey Keitel is he kind of comes off not like, like you want him to be like a hero, badass kind of person, right? Mm-hmm. So do you want him to die like the captain, but kind of still be a hero a little bit? Like, that's pretty good. Um, or do you want him to be the kind of the guy who's like, a subordinate, so he has to tell like McConaughey, like you got to do your job. You guys talking about Harry Keitel? Yes, Harry yeah. Keitel. Sorry, <laughs> why? Uh, <laughs> why? Uh, why do you? So I, that's the kind of thing. Either you lose Ed Harris early, or you have him kind of be a subordinate rather than the badass that he is. I want him to be the captain. Now I'm thinking about it because I need that. I need that long greasy greasy dick to get out for a second at least. Oh, greasy what? dicks. Yeah. Why'd what? you gotta say greasy? Greasy. Uh, I, didn't. Just, I, I, I didn't say that, guys. I envision you're, all, you're just you're just all thinking it. I envision a penis <laughs> dripping in grease. That's all I'm thinking. I about. didn't. I didn't oh. say it. I did not say that. I imagine like a sea lion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kirk Douglas is into that. Oh man. Alrighty, and here we go. <laughs> Last segment for me. Got to take it to this Phantom Zone. Oh. Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. All right, so U.S.'s Pompanino is not the only inspiration for the film from Down a Periscope, because I used most of Down Periscope's Phantom Zone for U571, because it was part of it. Uh, Bill Paxton (laughs) was in U571. Uh, he was also in Navy SEALs. Mm. Navy SEALs featured Michael Bean. Michael Bean. We know Michael Bean, right? Yeah, I've heard that name a million times from- Because he is in one of our movies we watch, The Abyss, where he was a crazy person. Oh, yes. He was a, he was a crazy Marine in yes. The Abyss. And The Abyss obviously features someone that I can t- go a complete circle around and eventually come back to- yeah. Or just Ed Harris. Yeah. Oh, Ed Harris. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed Harris <laughs> and Chris Phantom. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. All right. Super easy. No big deal. Don't worry about it. Jamie's stretching his wings out full span. Um, uh, if you, you guys never met me, proud. but I actually uh, was born with wings. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. Probably get it. Yeah. 504 for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cool thing is he can fly anywhere. He doesn't have to pay for a flight. Right. All right. Sorry, that was a bad joke. It was not very good. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty bad. Anyway, let's get in. It's it's sub 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 world world wide 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 wide. Woo! It's now my favorite segment. I'm like way into it now, dude. This is this is actually pretty cool. Subs worldwide. So the actual boats from history, the ones that were first captured by the UK. That contain the Enigma device, which is real, and the code books. 
Are the you? <laughs> Who's debating if the Enigma machine was real? Yeah, no one's it's the second that. time you've said that. Yeah. Well, I'm just letting everybody know. Inter- interesting fact, fun fact, guys. My grandfather worked in the division that made that computer that cracked those codes in England. Really? During the war, yeah. He was an intelligence officer. Part of the That's imitation game? He did was, he, yeah. He, so that he did worked he meet in Alan Turing? division. Is your grandfather yeah, he, he, Alan Turing? He is not, but... He would have met him. He wasn't in. He wasn't one of the code breakers. He wasn't one of the scientists or whatever. But he worked as like support for that group. That's cool. Yeah, that's better than where I thought you were going to be or go. I thought you were going to say he invented the Enigma machine. No, he like, did not invent the Enigma. Oh <laughs> goodness! <laughs> but if you if you go to if you go to that spot in England where they made that machine, you can find a desk where my dad, my uh, grandfather's uh, name is carved into like the desk or whatever. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. All right. So, all that aside. So the Enigma machine is real. Um, the U-boat, Type 7C submarines, that's the ones that were captured. Uh, these were obviously Germany's favorite type of submarines, especially the Type C, because there were 568 of them commissioned from 1940 to 1945 yeah. in a five-year span. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. They were making like a submarine like every few days, basically. It's ridiculous. And the... Um, and the Type 7s, in general, there's a bunch of variants, but overall, there were 703 of these things built. Um, so you got the Type A, there were 10 built. That's basically just first generation. Type B, there's 24 of those. That's just second gen, you know, some upgrades. Type C is, they modified the B class to include active sonar mm-hmm. and a couple um, mechanical upgrades. They have the C-41, which is basically the C, but it has a stronger hull so it can go deeper. And then you got the Type C-42, which was planned to dive twice as deep as the 41. But they actually had 164 of those things planned to be made, but then the Type 21 was going to come out, so they just canceled all that order. And you got the Type 7D, which is a mine lane sub, and the Type 7F, which there were four of these made, and they're supply subs. So mm. this is mainly about the Type 7C. The first one built, you guys will appreciate this, was the U-69. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And out of these 703 subs that were made, there is only one of them preserved, which has got to be that one in Chicago then. Uh, These were actually based off of designs of Germany's World War I subs, the type UB-3 and the type UG. And so something that was kind of goofy here was they were designed by a Dutch company, but it was a dummy corporation that Germany set up to work around the Treaty of Versailles. Sweet. So, why not? Um, Let's see here. So, let's get into some of the specs of these things. They're diesel electric. They have two six-cylinder, four-stroke engines generating 3,200 horsepower. And their electric motor, when they're submerged, can generate 750 horsepower. These are 220 feet, six inches long. When they're surfaced, they can cruise around at 7.7 knots or 20.4 miles per hour. When they're submerged, they can go 8 knots or 9.2 miles an hour. Their effective range when they're surfaced is 8,700 nautical miles. Wow. When they're submerged is 90 nautical miles. Only 90? Yeah. That's weird. So you said, wow, about the 87. That actually was one of their biggest limiting factors with these. Oh, they really? They couldn't go far enough. Oh, so 8,700 is not that much. Yeah, like uh-huh. they couldn't, you know, effectively police our eastern seaboard. 
I would have thought that 90 nautical mile submerged might be difficult, but I guess that must be for the batteries and stuff. They have to yeah. surface every 90 miles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, crush depth. So in the movie, they go down to 200 feet or sorry, 200 meters. And that's, you know, a really big deal. But the crush depth on these things, it gave me a range. So it was 230 to 295 meters. Hmm. So it would have been able to handle that. Maybe because it was damaged or something. Like yeah, that. I could Maybe do it. Sure. Uh, these also held 44 to 52 people. Again, it gives more me than a, enough for us. Yeah, it gives me a range just because of all the variants on these subs. But the weapons that came with these things, they got a deck gun. It's an 8.8 centimeter SKC-35 naval gun that holds 220 rounds. They have four bow tubes and one stern tube for torpedoes. They hold 14 of those torpedoes. They can also hold 26 mines. And something that's kind of interesting here is some of these boats... There was one that was damaged. It was converted into what they called a U-flak or a flak trap, which they just basically turned a U-boat into an anti-air like boat and float around and put some heavy guns <laughs> on top of it. And eventually they were like, well, this is screwed up, and they just converted them all back to normal submarines. But uh, we will see another one of these boats, the U-96, in a oh. movie we have coming up a lot later yeah. called Das Boot. Which might be the longest episode we ever record, unless it really is like a movie where they just float around for like two hours. And we're like, yeah, they floated around for like two hours. Could be. <laughs> that's like most of the recap. <laughs> it's like really floating around. The recap takes 15 minutes. Mm. And that's subs worldwide. There we go. That's it. It's my new favorite segment. Cool, cool. I really like it. Uh, I think Alex. Oh, sorry. What were you saying? It sounds like a really cool thing to convert a sub into just a floating anti-air gun. Like that's pretty cool <laughs> it's a good idea for our it future is. too like when, when <laughs> our first submarine kind of we're, we're decommissioning it we can turn it into an anti-aircraft surface mm -hmm. boat if we get somebody who or so, sorry anti-aircraft party boat <laughs> yeah. did it did it say if those things could still submerge like that? i think they i think they could submerge but they weren't really um you know they're not like meant to cruise around all the time right the anti-aircraft guns are so heavy that would put a ton of weight on it. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. That's pretty cool, though. It is. I agree. Uh, Alex, you got any uh, sub news for us? Uh, nothing too terribly crazy. Um, what was the movie we watched a couple weeks ago where they were trying to break through the ice? It was that thriller I really liked. Uh, ice, ice, ice Station Zebra. Zebra. Ice yeah. Station Zebra. Oh. ISZ, so, come on. Well, I found a news article today that the U.S. Navy is using their submarines for drills up in the Arctic. And ice X18, breaking, baby. They are breaking through the ice, and I found a video of it. Pretty cool. Uh, long story short, uh, they had several submarines breaking through 16 inches of ice, no sweat, going right through it. So nice. I thought that was pretty cool. The, I mean, it's a typical video. It's just a submarine coming out of it, but it's still pretty cool. <laughs> just typical video I watch. <laughs> submarine coming out of ice is fine. Uh, some other articles, the same thing's still going on over Europe with that one guy that killed the reporter. They yeah, just lots keep of fighting. stuff with that, yeah. yeah. He just keeps lying. I, nothing, who cares? I think they don't have the death penalty over there anyway, so I don't know why they're even bothering with all this. He'll get 10 years in jail and back at it again. Well, no, that's not true. He'll get, he'll probably get 20 years in jail, but deemed insane, which means that in 20 years, they'll turn around and be like, you're still insane 20 more years. So it's like a renewable sentence. And then um, I found another article. Some guy must be out there really bored. And um, this one was clickbait to me. Said submarine dogfight. America's Virginia class versus Russia's new Yasin submarine. Who wins? 
so exactly a couple page article he's just going over some of the good technology we have some of the technology the russians have which one's better and who wins i could let you guys read it but if you want me to spoil it i can what do you guys want Dude, go you want me to spoil, spoil it? it, man? This yeah, is like spoil a spoil it. Like spoil show it. that used to be deadly, deadliest warrior or something. Oh yeah, just puts two of them up against each other in like a simulation, see yeah. who wins. Yeah, it's pretty much what this guy did, just without the computers, <laughs> <laughs> just with his mind. Uh, anyways, long story short, he said it'd be a pretty close battle, but he says the American Virginia class would come out on top Ooh, because yeah. uh, it uh, has better sonar. I think is what he said. And uh, is able to move a little bit faster. Um, He said, in terms of weapons, both sides have about the same sort of armament, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, So it's just about who can get away from each other first. Wow. Wow. Or move quickest to each other. And then the next article I have, I'm going to keep it real quick for you guys. I just thought this one was funny. Uh, Seven uh, people were arrested down at a new U.S. nuclear sub base (laughs) down in Georgia. (laughs) Did you see this one too, Zach? No, I I thought that was a joke. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. Uh, seven protesters really got arrested because they were protesting on MLK Day, um, or excuse me, the day that he died, his 50th anniversary, just the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they were armed with hammers, crime tape, and baby bottles containing their own blood. And <laughs> they were Catholics, and they uh, described themselves um, as plowsharers. And they think that nuclear weapons are illegal and immoral, so the army just went ahead and arrested them. Wait. Navy. Wait. Did they say that – wait. How did this relate to MLK? <laughs> they, they did it They did it on his assassination day, the 50th oh, that's assassination it? That's day. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fun fact, by the well, way. So my, my grandfather was good friends with uh, Martin Luther King and actually had his apartment tapped um, following his death. Um because Coretta Scott King was staying there. No big deal. Don't worry about it. Anyways, different news. <laughs> uh, different news also was uh, Yellow Submarine getting re-released, right? In yes. July. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be actually out in theaters for us to potentially I saw watch. A po- I saw a post Live. of that. Yeah. I think we're and all going to need to get some mushrooms before we go to that thing. Uh, what kind of mushrooms, I, I, Kyle? I would, I would nope. not recommend that to any of our listeners. Portobello's. Right. Portobello mushrooms. I like those. You can get those at Kroger for a discount. Alrighty. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> last thing I wanted to say, just to clear up the air with everybody, the submarine I visited was a Soviet submarine called the B four two seven. It was a Russian God. sub, not a German U boat. So you're so you're Russian, is what you're saying. You you you're you're a red coat. No, it's just the it was oh. just the sub I was on. No. <laughs> All right. So for all you listeners out there that were confused before, this was down in Long Beach, not up in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Just clearing up the water. Um, we got a power rankings. Is that right? Yeah, Brown. What do you got for us tonight? All right, guys. So I say it uh, every week, but for new listeners, I go into all these movies. I go into them blind, not knowing anything about the film. So I was surprised uh, when Matthew McConaughey showed up on screen. What? Well, you didn't even know he was in this? No, I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> and he showed up, I'm like, oh, nice. Because at, at that point, well, I think I'd, I'd seen uh, Bill Paxton and uh, Henry Kettle. And I'm like... <laughs> it's Harry. Harry Kettle. Harry Kettle. 
And uh, so when uh, Makane showed up, I was pretty excited. He's um, He's been really um, doing some great roles with like Dallas Buyers Club, True Detective, stuff like that. And uh, so seeing one of his earlier movies was uh, pretty neat. So my list tonight, you know, McConaughey, arguably, I feel like you could add him just about every every movie and it would be a more fun movie. So these are the top five McConaughey movies we need. We've got... We've got we've got McConaughey on a sub. Where do we go from here? All right. So these are little plot synopses that I've got. You know, maybe I uh, work one of these into a full blown script and uh, present it to him. <laughs> see what we can do. All right. Get in contact with him. Yeah. All right. So here IMDb we go. Pro. I think he. Well, he's not. He may be a listener. So if you're listening, if you're listening, listen hard, Matty. Matty, we know you're out there. Let me know which one of these you want to do. I'll get the ball rolling. Here we go. Number one. All right. This movie is called 900. It's a working title. All right. Mm -hmm. This riveting biopic of Tony Hawk, portrayed by Academy Award winning actor Matthew McConaughey, chronicles the story of the legendary pro skater as he lands the world's first 900. All right. Um, Yeah. So how how much are you asking for that script? Just like for for like uh, if I wanted to option it for a film or whatever. Ten million. Ten million. I'll give you seven hundred thousand dollars. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Deal. Really walked down on that. <laughs> but I was thinking, you know, this would be a great movie for us to watch in season two when we cover skateboard movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I will right. quit. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. All right. Here we go. Let's do my uh, best movie phone movie voice guy, the son of Leonidas. Matthew McConaughey seeks vengeance as he raises an army of 900 Spartan warriors to overthrow the tyrant Emperor Xerxes. Legendary Pictures presents 900 Fall of an Emperor. So this is an, this is another film called 900. Oh, I just realized right? I just realized that. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Weird, interesting. Weird how that worked out. Yeah. yeah. So, also so, great for season nine. Fictional Greek period pieces. Season nine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The Along struggle. Epic, epic movie. That's yeah. a... Perfect. Number three. In the not so distant future, sentient alien overlords seek to enslave and devour all life on Earth. Determined to save his family, one man hatches a plan to distract the monstrous subjugators. An idea so crazy it might just work. Superstar professional bowler Willie Marsh, portrayed by Academy Award winner Matthew McConaughey, intends to bowl a perfect 900 series and blow everybody's <laughs> freaking minds. Yes. Scott Free Studios presents 900. Interesting. <laughs> this is the one I want to buy. Yeah, this... As soon as you said bowling, Jamie and I locked eyes. We're like, solid gold. Yes. This 100%, is the one. For sure. Perfect be good for, for season for five. Season, that season five, five bowling movies, I, yeah. I feel like it was, may have been season four. I can't, I can't remember. remember. Yeah. Another thing for the trivia episode. Which yeah. seasons have we said <laughs> yeah. we were going to do? What are our upcoming seasons? I don't think we have anything for season three yet. I don't, I am not sure we ever said that. Yeah. I like maybe, maybe number two will give you some ideas. Here we go. All right. Here we go. In 2048... When a faraway meteor threatens to destroy Earth in two months' time, a terraformed Mars appears to be the only answer to save life itself. 
An exodus to the Red Planet is launched with an elite team consisting of Natalie Portman and 899 radiation-resistant clones of Matthew McConaughey to propagate the human race. The CW presents the 900. Mm. CW. Got <laughs> a little the in the front of that one. Yeah. I could dig that. Yeah. I'm yeah, not watching. Thinking it. about starting a, a streaming service, so this would be maybe their uh, their killer app, their their launch title. <laughs> it almost sounds like the plot to Doom, the movie. Hey, with Action. the Rock, yes, yeah. yes, for sure. When are we the doing that one? one? What season can we do that one on? God, Doom. first <laughs> person to shoot movies. Oh, it's, That'd it's, just be the Rock movie. Season yeah. on the Rock, yes, exactly. <laughs> season on the Rocks, season on the Rocks, nailed yeah. it. Oh my Trademark. god, <laughs> I'm so down for that. It's stupid. <laughs> but not skateboard movies. <laughs> not skateboard, but the what rock. What if there's a rock skateboarding movie? I hope there so. The rock bottom skateboards. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Lastly, right, here we got we go. number one here. All right, 1980s hip hop disc jockey Leland, played by Academy Award-winning actor Matthew McConaughey, leads a monotonous life in the radio booth. His world is turned upside down when an elderly woman trapped in a raging fire misdials 911 and instead dials 900 Mixalot. There's no time to alert the f- the real first responders. DJ Leland springs into action, risking life and limb in Fahrenheit 900. Oh. <laughs> Now we're talking. That was weird because you kind of zigged and then you zagged yeah. real quick. Like you were like, oh, she dialed 900 mix a lot, but it's Fahrenheit 900, like the heat, like the temperature. Mm-hmm. I got I'm you. Aware. I'm aware. I'm it's crazy. You. I got you hook, line, and sinker there, Jamie. Oh, yeah. So that's for uh, fire movies like uh, <laughs> Firestorm starring Howie Long. And well, Backdraft. Backdraft. And that one that just came out, um, Never never the Something or whatever with... Uh, people in it and <laughs> sure very yeah, descriptive firebirds and all those ones uh, there's there's an actual like fahrenheit uh, 451 is actually on the imdb oh, yeah. page today that didn't inspire this i actually thought of it and then i saw it on imdb and I'm like oh that's fitting it's weird like when the internet reads your mind mm-hmm. yeah uh synchronicity what it's called but that is my list this week <laughs> i loved it great thank oh, you jamie i'm okay with it Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> we save better. the uh, the best the best segment of the show for last. I think Zach's just a little disappointed because we stomped all over those Zach facts, dude. <laughs> every it seems like almost every week now you're getting it. Ben Stiller, I I can't believe you fucking came out with Ben Stiller, <laughs> <laughs> man. <laughs> all right, Zach, take it away with some Zach facts. Um, I got nothing, guys. Oh my god, Zach fact. Just kidding. Zach Fax, it's Zach Fax. When you're going down, get some Zach Fax. When you're going down. Okay. Um, That's your new intro music. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to cut it out. Cut that and paste it all the time. Yeah. We will lose we will lose listeners if that's it. Um No one's listening. No one's listening by Zach, this point. Was that a always sunny reference? No, I drank a uh, bottle of wine and I just did that. So, <laughs> actually, now now that's your thing. I just drank a bottle of wine. And I did that. Zach facts. Do it. Um, I am going to clear this up though. I did type these up after I drank a bottle of wine. Um, clutch. Here we go. U five seven one. Zach facts. All right, for everyone out there that's excited, I hope you are. The opening scene is 
actual footage from World War II. Zach fact. <laughs> the, the text crawl? <laughs> yes. Yes. They, they took that from the Germans. Right. That was really impressive camera work. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good back there. Uh, what's his, what's the, uh, well, what was the, G- G- Goebbels was the name of the German film director? Goebbels did that. Go- yeah. Goebbels? Goebbels? Goebbels. Goebbels. Uh, I'm thinking Goebbels? of uh, that Tarantino movie. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, next Zach fact. Matthew McConaughey's Lieutenant Andrew Tyler is the most popular character to cosplay at submarine conventions. <laughs> <laughs> Something to look into for real, though. Yeah, you never know. Submarine conventions. You never yeah. know. And we then, could, then we would cosplay as Phantom Cast. We go you, get a booth. People be like, imagine? "What do you guys do?" Like, look at us. Podcast. Come on. We Dude, have 160 that, episodes. That's when we know we made it. Is if we get invited to a submarine convention. Invited? <laughs> no, we're gonna fight our we, way tooth and nail to get into one. I think one. we pay for a booth location. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this would be like. Not subcon, right? Sub. <laughs> we we don't know the what wrong that's going to be. <laughs> teacher convention or a submission. submission hey guys, convention. we got invites to subcon 2018. We'd go. I, I, totally. Yeah. Subway. We're talking <laughs> I about sub- say it like that. We're talking well, about we'd have a good story right? for sub-con. We'd probably be celebrities by now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hesitation. Zach fact number three Bon Jovi performed a live concert every night during filming (laughs) oh my god and each time it was in a submarine wow and each time it was it's my life it's now or never dude living on a prayer I wonder what the acoustics are like in one of those Uh, it's gotta be deafening (laughs) I always think that when they're shooting the guns in there, it's just like, oh my god! I thought the same thing. They're just so sick of Bon Jovi concerts. (laughs) Damn it! Another Bon Jovi concert. Nobody wants to listen to you, Bon. (laughs) 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 Next Zach fact: Um, the group. Okay, the group vice president of Lincoln Motor Company loves submarine movies. And specifically picked Matthew McConaughey for his role in their commercials from this movie. Is that also why he was in the Lincoln Lawyer? Isn't it weird that he has a Lincoln commercials and he was in no, the Lincoln with, Lawyer like years before? Not that, with that fact that Zach just that's read. That's true. That fact <laughs> clears it all up. Boom. Solved. All the pieces are falling into place. For sure. All that's the conspiracy. subs are coming to port. <laughs> I like that. Uh, thank you, thank you. All right, here, I only got a couple more. Um, there is a porn parody of U five seven one. The name of that movie is You and I sixty nine. There we go. <laughs> oh man, we it's gonna be all real- over these Zach facts. These <laughs> the dust boot, the dust boot porn parody is gonna be r- real easy. That was the one that was U sixty nine, right? Yeah, no, that's the name of the boat. Yeah, there we go. Oh, easy, God. easy breezing. It's already done. Actually, that's dust it. boot is much easier as dust butt, right? Damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, German sub porn. Yeah. All right. Um, last Zach fact. I'll give it with this one. U571 uh, is rated as the highest rated film of all time in the UK. The UK. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it 
They love that we decided. Yeah. The U.S. decided. Exactly. No, you weren't good enough. <laughs> We're gonna show how the Americans would have. Yeah, done it's this. like hate watching it. <laughs> you it's get like it. watching. Uh, it's you... like watching a sports team that you really don't like, so you can watch them lose. They like exactly. watching this one because of how much you guys they hate get it. it. It was Americanized because yeah. we yeah. America rules everything, so we got it. That's it. Pass. At Mac East Second Floor Studios, sometimes we don't have all the answers. In dire times like this, we've decided to call in the very best. Welcome to an interview with an expert. You guys mind if I cuss? Is that like a thing? Dude, go for it. Have you heard me on the podcast? <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. That's right. That's what they say about the uh, the inaccuracies of the submarine movies is a lot of the cussing when they have uh, sailors cussing. They're like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. There's not a whole lot of that in the movies. Well, no, they mentioned that in, I think, Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide, they have the, the, they're swearing on the submarine and like online, they're like, no way. <laughs> really? That's not allowed? Uh, not on the movies. <laughs> I mean, we cuss all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, there's come on, that's got to be allowed on the boat. That's no, ridiculous. Yeah, there there are a few yeah. spots where they they will like record audio, and you shouldn't say certain things. But cussing is definitely not one of those. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. All righty. <laughs> so tonight is a very special night. We have a very special guest with us on this episode. Eric is a actual. And we have a we have a question about first, this first term. question really. first question in this interview because I've heard it both ways. Is it a submariner or a submariner? So it's actually a submariner because if you say submariner, like you're under a marine, so it's actually a submariner. <laughs> okay, all right, clarified. See, and that's it's basically the we're bringing knowledge to the world because we didn't know it. Yeah. Well, that's basically all we had for the interview. So. Yeah, that's it. That's all. That's all the questions. Um, all right. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, um, you and I got in contact online. Uh, do you just want to kind of tell people about you know some of the credentials you told me about because they are very impressive. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I joined the Navy um, in two thousand two, uh, two thousand one, late two thousand one, after nine uh, eleven. I went to uh, submarine school, did that whole thing, and became a conventional mechanic for about four years on the USS Hampton. And then about my final year and a half, we were hurting really bad for torpedo men, and they didn't have uh, – the torpedo men at the time didn't have any really good mechanics to work on the weapon systems. So uh, I cross-rated over to torpedo men and became a TM2 for about a year and a half, and then I separated in 2008. And then um, – uh, probably around like 2011, I started getting the itch where I miss submarines because it's just something that happens on anybody who's been in the military. It's kind of like, you know, you watch Al Bundy. He talks about, uh, you know, his football career in high school. Same thing, right? Sure. After a couple of years, yeah. I started yep. getting into that same itch. And uh, I started, I, well, I didn't actually found, but I, I helped start the submarines subreddit on uh, reddit.com. And uh been doing that ever since, and I've just been super hooked. And that's where we met. On the subreddit, yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's 
That's incredible. I'm sure if you've listened to any episodes of ours, you can tell that we have nowhere near the amount of experience you do with submarines. Yeah, specifically no experience. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely listened yes. to you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like, what is wrong with these guys? I'm actually super excited that there's somebody that's not or wasn't on submarines that's really excited about submarines. Like, you know, you don't get a whole lot of that. You know, you get a few a few screenwriters or something that, you know, somebody that wants something out of it. But, you know, you guys are just, you seem like real big fans of it. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. We, uh, we started off, I mean, doing the podcast kind of on a whim and I'll tell yeah. you what, my love for submarines has just grown. It's, they're very impressive weapons. Yeah. I actually search around like today when I'll free time at work, I was like just flipping through, you know, typing in the SSN dash, you know, 750 or whatever. And I was like reading the Wikipedia page about it. I'm like, I just randomly read about random submarines now. <laughs> <laughs> My wife thinks it's kind of weird, but uh, right. whatever. Well, the, the great thing about it is, is nobody knows a whole lot about them unless you've been on them or you've dealt with some like weird intelligence job or something. So it's it's you're definitely in a niche that's uh, that's new to the community. It's and I am and I am the same, and I really enjoy it. It's, I'm having a good time so far. Glad to hear that. So we're gonna we're gonna start off. We got a couple questions here for you, uh, just to kind of help us and all of our listeners learn more about actual submarines, because uh, what we see in the movies probably isn't necessarily true. Uh, we got a couple questions about stuff, and we just want to see what your take on it is. So let's see. You've already we already talked about what submarine you're on. You've already described your role. So this actually came up today. I was watching behind the scenes on the movie U five seven one, and they said, granted this is a World War II movie, but they said that every submariner has to be trained in every position on the sub. Is that still true today? Um, no, not necessarily every position, but you have to have general knowledge. Um, of every position. That's part of getting your dolphins. So whenever you get qualified in submarines, you have to go to essentially every watchstander and learn about what they do and what their their basic systems are and basic theory and stuff like that. So you can um, you get an overall understanding of how everything works because submarines, even even when they're nuclear, they're so small that you don't have anybody to specifically fight fires or specifically do this one thing like when you're on a surface boat like a carrier you got 5,000 people you got a whole division of damage control people like that that's their actual job they are DC men and all they do is fight fires and stuff well, we don't have nothing like that we have mechanics and electricians and electronics people and sonar techs and so we utilize those people to uh, fight fires so I mean that makes sense you can't have a whole lot of extra bodies <laughs> down below. <laughs> right. So you try to you try to uh, you try to make everybody as as utility as possible. I guess just uh, generally, what what is life like on a submarine? You know, I, I get that question a lot. You know, and the way I try to describe it is: imagine trying to live on an airplane for months at a time. You know, oh you're God. in a weird spot that you can't get out of. And uh, you're eating food that you don't really have a choice over, and you're doing things that you don't really know what the fuck is going on. So it's you know I would say living on a an airplane slash prison for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 
Oh man. Yeah, and 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 just uh, so like being in such close proximity to a whole bunch of people, do most people get along, or is it kind of you have to you get along because you have to get along a little bit? I think it's a I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a majority of mm. guys that really want to get along and we have a good time together. And then you know you're forced into a spot where you know you have a guy that was forced onto you, so you have to deal with him. So it's there's a majority of guys that that really I mean. They, they they really enjoy each other and they have a good time together. Mm. And you, you you know if you don't have that, I mean you have a really bad environment. You have a lot of people that are trying to get off, and so you really try to make it as cohesive as possible because you know you're hundreds of feet underwater and there's absolutely nowhere to go. You know you couldn't open that hatch if you wanted to. Like you cannot <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> so it's. It's a weird, it's a weird position where, like, even if you were a prisoner, at least you could try to get out of there. At least you could just like bolt for the fence. They may shoot you, but at least you got a shot where, like, there's there's <laughs> nowhere you're gonna go. <laughs> you know. And I do want to ask, uh, what was the longest time that you were ever like submerged or on patrol um, in one go? So the longest for me was over 50 days. I can't really tell you how long it was, but it was over 50 days where we were underwater where we did not come up wow air or anything like that and what did it, what did it feel like when you finally got off the sub after those 50 days well the the so I, I was actually on two deployments uh the first one was um i was on the hampton for the isex in 2004 so we went up to the north pole in 2004 with the tireless and uh we were up there and came back after about three and a half months and then I mean, in 2007, I went on a Westpac, which is a Western Pacific deployment, uh, where we went over to Japan and that, that area over there. And I kind of got lucky because I got to go to school for the first half. So that was only like four and a half months of a deployment there. But that was when I did my, my, uh, extensive underwater parts. And, um, it was, um, it's, uh, it's different. You know, it's, you know, you run out of, you run out of the fresh stuff after about three weeks and you live off of freeze drive stuff after that. And you just hope that you don't run out <laughs> you get to pull into some port. Oh man. You know, I was a conventional mechanic, so I wasn't part of like the top secret where we're going to go, what we're doing part. And so I was just hoping that we were going to pull in somewhere nice. <laughs> so you just kind of got to follow orders and pray <laughs> that you're going to end up in maybe Jamaica or something. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Like they they call it they call it frankincense. Where if you go on deployment to a special area, you know they don't they don't necessarily give you a clearance. But if you hear something, don't say something. Don't say what you what you heard. So <laughs> you know. So that was that was the 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 gist of my my secret knowledge. <laughs> um, you just mentioned Ice X, and that I think was just going on this last month. Uh, do you want to elaborate for our listeners on a little bit more of what that entails right so there were uh three submarines that went up there generally from what i understand every every year or two the uk and the u.s do what they call an isex which is some kind of operation right and so what they do is they go up to the north pole and they will surface through the ice and the north pole like you know dead zero all the way across and uh kind of show everybody that hey you know we're we're up here we know how to get to the to the North Pole, um, and we know how to surface there, and we know what's going on up here. Um, we have a lab up there called the uh, the Arctic Ice Lab, 
and they helped the submarines surface through there. So I went there in 2004. Um, they just got done with ISEX 18, which was the Connecticut, the Hartford, and I can't remember the, uh, the, the UK submarine, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, we, we try to go out there every year and try to show everybody that, you know, we, we're definitely a presence in the North Pole for sure, because spoiler alert, the, uh, the ice, the ice is going to melt in the North Pole <laughs> in the next 30, 40 years, <laughs> something like that. And, uh, they're going to be, uh, yeah. so, uh, Okay. And there's shipping lanes yeah. that are really close to Alaska and Russia and uh, a lot of other uh, very, very northern countries. And it's going to be very contested. So we're up there uh, trying to show what uh, what we can do. Flexing a little muscle in the snow. Not, not necessarily flexing muscle, but just showing, my, like, you know, we're... We're up here, <laughs> you know. Gotcha. Yeah, no, we're not trying to. We're not trying to be dominant, but we definitely want this to be open for the world. You know, one of the things that, you know, I when I before I joined the Navy, I was really conspiracy conspiracy theorist and all this stuff, and I thought the U.S. was doing all this crazy stuff. But they're definitely up there to help everybody out. They don't want certain people to dominate that area and keep it open. No, oh, that makes that makes sense. So when you guys are up there, do you you guys break right through the ice like we've seen in let's say Ice Station Zebra? You shoot or right K-19. through it, or K nineteen where they shoot through it like fifty knots? Yeah, Probably not that dangerous. Fast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just shoot through it like a bullet. We just fly up through it like a whale, <laughs> like in uh, in the, the latest Fast and the Furious. You know, we're just shooting missiles at cars and stuff. Yeah, definitely. It's just... Perfect. No, no. <laughs> no. No, whenever you go through the ice, so you go up there with the Arctic Sublab, and the Arctic Sublab uh, is they they basically live up there at the North Pole, and so whenever you want to go up there, they they will draw. You can see in pictures where they draw these enormous lines in thin ice, because when you go up there in a submarine, you have a camera that looks up the whole time, and you can also see videos of that too on like nav source and stuff like that, where you you drive under the ice the whole time, and so you finally find your spot where you're supposed to go. What you do is you take your submarine and you, you come to an all stop. So you're, you're dead, you're like at a dead stop. And you bring up the front of the submarine a little bit. So the sail, which is that, that, that flat part that sits on top of the boat, obviously, uh, the sail comes to a point. So it's not flat to the ice. So it comes up to a certain okay. angle. And then what you do is you do an emergency blow. So you basically like do an emergency blow, like if you see the submarines come flying out of the water, they do that really, really deep. Well, when you do with the ice axe, you do an emergency blow real quick and you just come up with your feet and it forces the sail to become kind of a knife or a point and the, the boat kind of pokes up through the ice and then you the boat will kind of flatten out naturally. And then you have guys that come over and peel the ice off the top of the hatch and then you know, you have a guy that opens the hatch, and next thing you know, you're in the North Pole. <laughs> it's pretty cool. This sounds awesome. This is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have some questions that kind of go back to some of our uh, the movies we've watched and the accuracy of, of said movies a little bit. And, and just in general, I saw online, and this may not be true, that Down Periscope was the most accurate portrayal of life on a submarine. Do you have a movie that you think of as being particularly accurate to to what you've experienced on submarine? Uh, down Periscope, definitely. <laughs> it's it's actually a joke with you and my friends that um, you know when you watch U five seven one or Hopper Red October or movies like that, they're super 
you know, for the operation and what they're doing for the mission and everybody's super quiet and you don't hear anything and everybody's staring at screens. Like, you know, when you're on mission, yeah, that's exactly what it's like where we're super on point. You're not going to beat us, but there's like a traversing period, you know, where you're like going out and just trying to do something. And it's not necessarily, I don't, I don't want necessarily, it's like a frat house, but it's a bunch of guys. For the most part, I mean, there are, there are a few submarines now that have women on them, but for for a vast majority of it, it's a bunch of guys out there. It's kind of like a frat house, and we're have we're trying to have a good time on a on an underwater prison, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. not lose your minds down there. Yeah, we make jokes with each other, and we we play pranks on each other, and we try to have a good time. And you know, especially the guys that are in your division. You know, I was a I was an A ganger, which is uh, an auxiliary man, so I was a conventional mechanics. So I basically dealt with anything that wasn't weapons or nuclear or steam. And uh, I mean, we, that's all we did. I mean, that's all we did was play pranks on people on each other. And we tried to have the best time we could because you're in a rough spot, man. And it's not necessarily prison. I don't want to say it's that because you have freedom to walk around and do all these things and, you know, be cool with everybody else. But you're in a really weird spot that you have to make a weird life out of for months at a time you know there's there's certain submarines that go on deployments for eight months at a time you know like and you're not going to see your family or your kids or you know it, it gets it gets it gets really rough so you have to you have to make the best of what you got even if you have a guy that seems like an idiot and you would never talk to that guy you would never want to ever associate with yourself with that guy whatsoever well, you have to at this point, and he may <laughs> be the guy that puts that fire out that saves your life, or puts that hydraulic rupture out that saves your life. And there's there's really nothing you can do at this point. Like you have to make the best of the situation you're given. Yeah, it's like me and Kyle. Like yeah. I'm just stuck with him here. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing he can do. Yeah. Uh, uh, that so something. <laughs> <laughs> something you just said yeah. made Jamie and my eyes light up because in a lot of these movies that we watch, a submarine will bump into something and then immediately a fire breaks out or it's taken on water. Now, I don't want you to have to, if any of that stuff's classified, do not tell us, but have you ever had a fire on a sub you've been on? No, definitely. I was I was only on the Hampton. Um, I took a few tours of other boats like the Virginia class and stuff like that, but I was only on the Hampton. We definitely, definitely did not have any fires. We definitely had some things that scared me. So we never had anything catastrophic. Like there was, I got lucky. I'm not saying I got lucky, but um, I was on a boat that was, I mean, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, that boat took care of me. Uh, I mean, it had no leaks. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. The Hampton was an amazing submarine. It was an engineering marvel in, in my eyes. But there were definitely. Uh, operator malfunctions that scared the hell out of me. <laughs> um, I had I had a few <laughs> times when I was on that boat where I was like, I don't know if we're gonna make it, you know. And, and, and they were all times that were operator malfunctions that should never happen. And one of them was, so you have the propulsion side is uh, steam, so you can possibly have a steam line rupture. Like if you have the old, you heard about the old steam, uh, steam boats where the boilers would rupture and kill a bunch of people and blow up, right? Well, we didn't have nothing like that, but we definitely had steam. And it was high temperature, high pressure. 
And so we had a guy who was brand new. Uh, we called them nubs, right? They were called non-useful bodies <laughs> or, or just brand new people didn't have the. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so, uh, this guy was standing watch. He was brand new. It was his first day and he saw this little bitty steam leak and called it away as a steam line rupture. And so at this point, I'm asleep. I hear the radiation alarm go off, and I hear a steam line rupture, and I think I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> like, we're going to cook like crabs. We're done. Oh, yeah. And so nothing happens, and so we get up. We, we You know, we're running our normal drill, what we're supposed to do, and uh, nothing happens, nothing happens, and they call it away, and they're saying, nothing, you know, there's no, there is no steam line rupture. You know, secure yourselves. <laughs> okay. So we start listening, like, what? That's, that's a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah, like, we're all, like, literally everybody thought we were all going to die. And we were like, what's going on? Oh, well, this guy saw this little, it wasn't even a steam leak. It was just, it was just heat coming off. Thought it was a steam line leak and called it away as a steam line rupture on accident. Scared <laughs> everybody half to death. So it was like, you know, you, you get those little things where you're like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm not going to die, but it's a possibility. I bet you guys didn't let him live that down for a while, huh? Oh, oh no, definitely not. No, and that was that was one of the great <laughs> things about submarines is that you you really get to mess with people and they give you a special a special leeway. You know, like when I was in um, yeah. San Diego, I was I was stationed in Point Loma and it was a submarine base. There was nobody else that was there. So you could do special things like walk around on base in your in your your poopy suit or the coveralls. Um, you can do special stuff like that, but you got to, you, you, you got a special treatment, you know, like I can't get rid of you. So I'm going to, I'm not necessarily going to do what I can to get rid of you, but I'm going to treat you pretty badly <laughs> and see if you just want to quit. <laughs> because you know what, if you quit because I make fun of you or I make fun of your wife or your kids or whatever, how, how do I know that you're going to actually put that fire out? Right. Yeah. They're not going to be able to depend on them. You know, you're a nuke, so you're. How do I know that you're going to secure the reactor? You're going to do these things that are going to save multiple lives, not just me, but hundreds of people's of lives. You know, hell, if we're in San Diego and something happens to the reactor, how do I know that you're going to take care of it? You know, so we, right. we definitely push people to limits, <laughs> and it's it's a, it's a special <laughs> life, man. It's it's definitely a special life. It sounds like it. It sounds crazy. <laughs> Let, something else that we've seen in movies, I don't, it seems kind of odd, but we've seen it in Crimson Tide, The Abyss, Black Sea, I think even in Phantom, and Hostile Waters. And K-19. And K-19. Yep. There have been animals on the subs. Uh, we've had a dog in the movies, two rats. Three, three rats. Oh, three rats yep. and a couple birds. Were there any intentional animals or unintentional, I guess? On any of any of your missions? No, definitely not. We couldn't. We couldn't handle <laughs> any type of animals. That was actually one of the. That was one of the special advantages that I didn't know when I joined the submarine force. Was you know, once I got down to the boat, I realized like we don't have any bugs. We don't have any rats. I mean, we got these. That's nice. We got these hatches that barely fit people through. You're not going to have rats like running down and jumping in through the hatch. <laughs> You're not going to have bugs right. or spiders. Like I crawled in weird spaces and it took me a while to kind of realize like, oh, there's no spiders in here. Oh, yeah, because you're on a submarine. <laughs> like, yeah, we don't have black widows or anything like that. 
you know, there was definitely no no dogs or canaries, you know, in the in the coal mine or anything like that. Now, I'm not saying that back in the in the past that they didn't have that because I'm sure they did. Right. The uh the UK was really big and the US got pretty big into um pets to kind of moralize everything that was going on in World War II and after World War II. There's like subreddits dedicated to these pets. Um but uh Okay. Yeah, there was definitely like dogs. It was more surface ships than submarines. Um because on the submarine you couldn't take a you couldn't take an animal. There's just no way. I mean like like where where is a dog gonna take a right. or you know, or piss? I mean it's just it's just gonna make a big mess. <laughs> yeah, Crimson Tide was just in the hallway, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, but on a surface ship, like they could literally just walk up topside and take a dump and they can just spray it off of the hose and it goes into the water like you know we didn't really have that advantage so there was no uh no animals now i'm not saying that we didn't like experiment and do things and do all this shit but on the boat that i was on we were definitely just doing what fast tech submarines do which is not dogs it's not a dog pound it's a submarine (laughs) yeah i mean i mean they would just get in the way and they'd probably get crushed under something it just wouldn't be worth it uh, yeah. So, and, and then the way this, our podcast started really was about someone's top three, uh, submarine films. I mean, granted he'd only watched three submarine films at the time, but, uh, uh, what are your three top submarine films? I mean, my favorite is obviously down Periscope. I think that it gives everybody a unique view into what it's like being in such a weird spot in your life. And it's, it's, I mean, you know, they were on a, a diesel submarine, so they were in a, a weird spot, and they were trying to do this weird mission. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what it is. I mean, you're in a you're in a really weird place with a bunch of weird people, like Harlan Williams. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's screaming well sounds. You know, like when it comes down to what the actual majority of the life is like, down Periscope is perfect. Now, when it comes to the actual mission. I think that Hunt for October is probably the best, other than, like, they're going okay. to water mountains and caves and all this weird shit. But um, <laughs> but when it comes to, like, the actual mission and everybody's paying attention and they're doing their thing and, you know, they're in the USS Dallas and, you know, they have their, their ball cap on, like, that's that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's, it's people doing literally the best they can to not only not get caught but not die and do – the best they can for the United States, you know, it's, when, when it comes to, I, I say number three, but it kind of ties for my favorite, which is the pilot episode for Lost Resort, uh, Last Resort, sorry. It's a, it's a ballistic missile submarine that gets a mission of, you need to launch a missile towards, I think it's Pakistan. But they go through some weird channels that don't make any sense, so everybody's like questioning it and doesn't know what's going on. And they kind of they kind of run away and say like look no we're not going to do this and I have a miss I have a, a an SSBN that's got 16 ballistic missiles so what are you guys going to do we're not launching these and you're not coming after us it is fantastic it is the best representation of if something crazy happened on a ballistic missile submarine this is what it would be I'll definitely have to watch it yeah I'd love to love to see it yeah they have a uh, at the very end the captain does a uh, some kind of speech over over like a TV to, the, to, the, to an audience or something. And his speech is like 
I mean, it, 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 it broke me down. Like I was just like, wow. I mean, this is, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen and the most amazing thing I've ever seen. You have to watch the first episode of it. It's two seasons and it kind of goes off into some other stuff, but that first episode is fantastic with the captain's speech at the end. It is, it is, it is phenomenal. I will definitely check that out then. Yeah, for sure. It sounds pretty awesome. Um, let's see. All right. So <laughs> this is a non-sub related question, but in a email that we had going, you said that Matthew McConaughey is an American cinema hero and I cannot agree more. <laughs> what, what is your favorite Matthew McConaughey movie? <laughs> Oh man! All right! All right! All right! I mean, <laughs> oh man! I love him all. I mean, he's great. Like if 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 anybody could be an American cinema actor, like who wouldn't want to be Matthew McConaughey? Come on now! I mean, he was in fantastic movies. He was. It's true. I mean, he was just himself. Like he was himself. He was doing great stuff. I mean, I can't imagine what his life is like. Like in general, <laughs> in real life, I mean, yeah. Jamie said it's probably, probably pretty, pretty good. good. I love him in the movie Tropic Thunder. Oh man, he's great! And like the the fake the fake character they have on F is for Family with uh, <laughs> on Netflix, I and mean, where he's like that character where yeah, he's not necessarily Matthew McConaughey, but we all know he's Matthew McConaughey. It's great, man. It's great. He's 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 what everybody. Uh, you know, as a as a an American man, <laughs> what would they want to be? You know, just living that life. Can't say it any better than that, right there. That's about all the time we have for the uh, interview. This is going to be included in the U five seven one episode with your boy McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Well, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank Thanks you lot, so man. much for. Um, coming on and doing this i really appreciate it and thank you for your service oh yeah no problem man i, I enjoy this stuff if you guys ever need anything let me know you guys enjoy your night thanks for listening to submersion find us on soundcloud and follow us on facebook instagram and twitter